Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Diabolical uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. They know wings and air conditioning, of course. Air <laughs> 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 It's a long story. It's a photog- no, it's just Here we go. No, it's just you pho- know we're on. Okay. Yeah. There's this photographer called Dennis Tanny. He probably doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. Well, he was bitching and moaning and something about my mom. On the, it was hot or something. Mm. It was stinking hot in the media centre. Everyone's sweating like a pig. And... Um, only at one end. That's why all yeah. the, when you're in the know, you congregate up that other end. And Dennis was being this, you know, the, the sometimes the, you know, the bad, the bad American tourist kind of thing. That, you know, if it's, it's American. Yeah. If it's not in America, then it can't be any good, you know. So, mm. so he said, he came out with the classic. If there's one thing Americans know how to do is air conditioning. He did it with a southern draw, though, didn't he? No, well, he's not from. He's from. He's a New Yorker. He's a Yankee boy. A New Yorker, eh? Mm. So whenever, so whenever we think of air conditioning, we now think of Dennis. <laughs> As you would. Oh. Your nose running, Johnny. You made him too hot. Mm-mm. Just checking on the dog's nose. They're very good. Exceptionally good. I suppose we should get on with it. We should get on with it. Does that mean who's counting down, me or you? I'll count down because you, you can do the honours. Okay. Five. Have to start counting from a hundred. Four. Three. Why? Well, because you've got a mouthful. Three, two, one. Hit it. G'day viewers and welcome to episode 100 of 100. Radio... 100! <laughs> 100 Woo! of Radio Lap, that light-hearted and zany podcast that takes a look at motorsport locally and internationally, cool emerging technologies, barbecues and gadgets, or often gadgets and barbecues. And barbecue wings. Right. <coughs> and barbecue wings. And wings. <laughs> And here we are, we are, 100 episodes later, which isn't actually true, but we'll get around to that later, right. mm. at the world headquarters of Radio Hot Lap, with a couple of guests here, Jennifer from England, fire Atlanta, or the other way around, <laughs> Paul's wife, hi. Hello. Who's munching on a... Fiery... <laughs> Yummy hot wing. Mm. With a New York sauce mm. and uh, international Paulie. Welcome back in the country. Evening, viewers. Welcome back, Paulie. Welcome, Chapey. How are we? Chapey. Thank you. Johnny. Now. Off your deathbed. I have. (laughs) Mate, it hasn't been good. And perhaps, yes, you could relate the story because I I, I think I I have to preserve my energy. I have to tell you that um, the reason we haven't been on air for a couple of weeks is that uh, directly after uh, Classic Adelaide, in fact, the, the Sunday night that Classic Adelaide finished, Johnny was struck down by this mystery virus and um, laid low not just for a week but for well over 10 days of which he spent about five in hospital six in fact seven in hospital eight (laughs) when you consider that i had to take myself crawling to uh, emergency on the wednesday after the doctor had prescribed incorrectly 
Um, Good helps hard to find. Mm. Yes, that's right. Uh, and uh, told me to drink lots of isotonic liquids, which had the negative effect of dehydrating me massively. <laughs> so crawling myself to uh, to uh, um, emergency with three hundred dollars in my hand, which I just managed to give them before they gave me uh, six liters of fluid to uh, overnight and then said you're all right off you go thanks very much and i felt all right on the thursday and um then on the friday i was back in the emergency again with um dr malangatang who uh, said uh, you have to stay and have soft food for a week and it was very ugly stuff and that was a week ago so i've been home sort of taking it very very easy now i'll tell you viewers that this has been my biggest detox, detox program in my life, which actually hasn't been a bad thing. Um, and I, I feel really good for it. But tonight... In the spirit of Radio Holap, he's had to have a beer. It's my, well, I haven't had to. <laughs> but I felt it was only appropriate to uh, to have a beer. And I, I had my first beer in, in two and a half weeks. You did? The first drink of any kind. No coffee. Nothing, nothing nasty. That's good. And it was a very nice beer, in fact. It was a, uh, a Cascade Low Carb Green. Mm. Haven't had one of those before, and it went down. I tell you, if you haven't had a beer for two and a half weeks, and you, you have one, you certainly know the flavours. Mm. But uh, International has bought a bunch of beers. So it wasn't a real beer then? Yeah, it was a, it's a 4.5% alcohol. It's, I just saw it in the thing, and I was, you know, it's green's the flavour of the moment, and eco-friendly and all that stuff. Eco-friendly, not eco, eco. It's in an echo, it's a bottle. Echo, echo. Yeah, echo, you know. Jen, what are you back. having? I'm having a dab. A dab. A now, dab. where's a dab from? Dab Dortmund. Is, dab is from Dortmund. Dortmund Action Brewery. Yeah. Wasn't there a Super Brewery. League team from Dortmund? <laughs> there is. Yeah. There's, also a, yeah, there's also a font from... Oh, no, that's Act 10, not Akin. Font. Act 10. Right. Act 10 is just down the road from Dortmund. Uh-huh. The, um... The uh, cultural, um, the, the, the dead centre, both um, culturally and uh, geographically of um, Germany. Um, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> cultural centre of no, Germany. The, no, the dead centre. Uh. <laughs> not a whole lot goes on in Dortmund apart from their football team. And international, what are you having? Um, yeah, I'm, you I'm going local. I'm going a Bogues draft because we can't get this in, um, uh, can't get this in Europe. Uh, can't get this anywhere in the world other than Australia, and um, it is a bit of a favourite. So, well, that's I good. I saw it on the shelf and thought, I'll have me a bit of that. And that's interesting, viewers, because back in September 2007, which is the last time International was on the show, we were actually discussing Tasmanian beers and indeed Bogues. In physical presence, he has made some some noise. Yeah. Oh, the, he's been on, on the show, on the, on but the I mean <laughs> physically here with us, and only last night. I was just down the road in Norwood at the Bath Hotel, and they've now got Bogues Draft on draft. So if you want a Bogues Draft on draft, pop down to the Bath Hotel. Well, wouldn't it have to be on draft if it's called draft? Well, it's in a bottle there, isn't it? It's like West End Draft in a can. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. I had one of those last night. A West End Draft? Hmm. Gee. Yeah. Welcome home. Yeah, yeah great, thanks. <laughs> ah, that's quite all right. No. Well, I'm having a kingfisher. You are. Indeed. All the way from India. Only it's made in, um, I believe, this is brewed in New Zealand now. A good old Formula One beer. It is. But, um, but it's a nice beer. From, uh, very Toyota clean, very crisp. to um, Force India. Well, I will be having one, actually, when Hardy passes me the bottle opener. 
There you go. Thank you. And um, I'm having a difficult, a difficult time getting my tongue around this uh, little sucker. It's uh, a, a Zwick, Z-W-E-Z-Y-W-I-E-C. Could be an acronym if you can come up with one quick. JP from Poland. There's a couple. Isn't of... that not pronounced Zuchik or something? Probably, or Czech or something like that yeah. at the end. Oh, it's a bit of a nasty. It's a 5.6. I could be on the floor. It's a very nice beer, though, because um, Wojtek, who uh, used to bring all of his uh, service work, well, still does bring all of his service work in us, is a, a Polish gentleman, and whenever he went back on holidays, he'd come back with a bottle of one of those for each of us. So, um, Kingfisher, brewed and bottled under licence from United Breweries Limited, Bangalore, India, by Independent Breweries Australia. Wow. So, so it's switched to Australia. It seems like it's brewed here. Well, it used to be in New Zealand, definitely. Well, because we used to drink it in Indian restaurants, and it was always a bit of a good for a laugh, paying out the kiwis as you do. Well, people haven't waited this long to find out all about the intricacies of beer, and I do recall the last time Paul was here, he, he stalled on where beers came from. So there's, there's an echo in here. Are we just talking about it? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's right. So a few statistics, JP, statistics, that probably you John. also have uh, have, um, have found out about our radio oh, about show, show, which happened to take place for the first time on the 8th of October 2005 in coordination with the launch of Apple's iTunes Music Store in Australia and consequently podcasting. And um, I listened to it the other day and, well, thank you, Paul, for having created that jingle for us, several yes. episodes into it, and we've been using it all the way through, and, and that we will be uh, awarding you something it's tonight. A pity, it's a pity I've lost the file that we can't update it. So. No, that's okay, because you'll be now creating the new one. That's right. For, for episode 101 onwards. Oh, yeah. And, and it, I think it, you know... And we know you've got nothing better to do, because you're no, on holidays. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. In <laughs> keeping with, you know, the, 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 the modernisation of the web 2.0, 2.5, we need a theme that sort of... So we'll leave that well, with you. Find, if I could find the old file, then I could just update it. But I don't know what but We don't want is. a dance routine version of it and a remix. But then <laughs> yeah, we don't, well, we don't want to do <laughs> It wasn't actually 100 episodes. We've done 110 episodes with a few little wedgies in there. Yep. Um, and uh, four of those episodes were video. video. Two done in France, one in Germany and one in Australia, episode 59, 61, 62 and 74. That must be classed then as our video period. Well, that's all off for a moment. And then we realised that the bandwidth was killing us. And we've um, we've uh, operated uh, the show in seven countries, Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, France, uh, Germany, Germany, UK, and Flux. Where? A state of Flux. Flux? Flux. <laughs> where the Flux that's is Flux. Con- that's we constant. weren't quite sure where we were. The state of Flux is constant. And uh, the second episode, we uh, introduced the shortest ever co-host, Ashley Dean Draper, who is we threatening yes, to come Yes, threatening tonight. to make a guest appearance tonight, viewers. Who had to be thrown off the show for mm. reasons which will become obvious probably later if he turns up. <laughs> <laughs> there was some sad news that we had to report. In fact, four pieces of sadness mm. over the period of, of, of time. Episode 7, poor Richard Burns succumbed yes. to uh, his illness. And uh, the following episode... Big Kev cleaned his last bathroom. Good. Oh, Big Kev. <laughs> so Paul Morris, Morris will remember him driving down pit lane with a stolen ANSET plain <laughs> tug and, and chain for a steering wheel. <laughs> Poor Brocky left us on episode 37 in September 06. And the most recent one, Paul Newman, episode 96 in October of and this year. You've missed one. 
I might have. You did? Who was it? Oh, Harry right. Dacker. No, it, quite true. Andy Caldicott. Andy Caldicott. Episode 13. Mm. Yes. I 13 was lucky all, for Andy. Didn't have it all listed quite uh, Did you do one for Colin McRae? Yes, we did. Val Colin McRae. Uh, thank you, uh, International. And there's <laughs> six people. See, where would we be without them? So, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, no more. We don't know. Yeah, hopefully, no what, more. What us? Absolutely. Well, particularly us. But we, we don't know what to. <laughs> we don't know what to do from here on in. But uh, we could, um, you know, more than the passing of the chicken or the several chickens that provided these chicken, chicken right. wings. So. <laughs> well, I don't think we're mourning those, are we? No. I think we're actually no. celebrating <laughs> their cele- demise. Celebrating <laughs> the demise of the uh, <laughs> poor old mother hen. Oh dear. Ooh. Well, Johnny, it was interesting you should say all of that because I uh, pulled up the Radio Hotlap page today just out of idle curiosity in terms of what we would talk about today. And if you just take the entire page and hit the print button, it made 25 A4 pages. Right. Which is, you know, it's fairly impressive when you think about it like that. It is quite a lot. of. It probably ends up being around about 100 hours of... Uh, of, of, of rubbish. Of dribble. <laughs> so, has, so who's been the most famous guest on the show? Well, we had Murray Walker mm-hmm, on the show back there when we went to Autosport. Yeah. I mean, yourself. Glenn uh, Dix. We had uh, the uh, Dancing Flower yeah, from Dix. the Formula One. Aaron yeah. Slight, Superbike champ, had him on. Um, all sorts of, you know, regular Australian racing nobodies. And we had some interesting people, funny being as the uh, last round of the V8 Utes was last weekend, um, we had some interesting Ute guys early on in the piece when you were doing the Ute oh, website. Oh, yeah, we had a, we we had a Baxter, Chucky Baxter and, and we had Wilsey Charlie Kovacs. There's been lots yeah. of people, but, you know, Paul, we weren't, we've never been much into having important people on the show, more people under the radar that, you know, probably don't get a lot of media and just want to have a bit of a laugh. And the last thing we want to be talking to them, really, is, a lot of, is about motorsport. We but, want to find about what they're interested in technology and barbecues. Well, and what about what about the most important guest of them all? Oh, who well, is it? Rust isn't a guest. Oh, the sausage dog. We haven't mes- mentioned Rusty the Rust, have we? Sausage. Hello, Rust. Mm. Rusty Sausage is one of the team big time. Oh, was not very talkative tonight. No, hey, no, no, she hasn't not. been very talkative. No, but she's smelling that chicken. All right, let's no, get on to business. Let's get on to business. All on right, business. So last weekend. Last the, uh, the V8 Supercar Championship wrapped itself up at uh, Oran Park, and Oran Park apparently wrapped itself up, although it's been threatening to wrap itself up for years and years, and but I'm sure actually... that we'll see more races coming out of that place, with, uh, with Jamie Wincup taking the title. Now, Wincup's had a bit of a run of good luck, and in yes. fact, his luck lasted until just the right moment, having won the Phillip Island 500, then followed by Bathurst, three out of three wins at Indy, three out of three at Bahrain, three out of three at Simmons Place, and then the first race at Oran Park to be able to take the title, um, only to have the second race, a gearbox failed, and, third, and the third race being down the back, everyone ran into him, including Paul Morris. It doesn't <laughs> like him much at all. And Paul Morris retired. As well, a result, well, not, not quite retired. He's, well, he's, he's, yeah. he's, gone, he's going for That's less right. shunting. <laughs> but he was, Paul Morris was very vocal about basically saying, look, go fuck yourself. You know, I'm here to say goodbye. <laughs> I'm here to say yeah, goodbye. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's the dude. Oh, yeah, I'm in the fridge. Can you say that on radio? You can. <laughs> Especially on episode Get out of the fridge, will you? Because I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that have been with us over the year. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very good. So that's why we can say it. Because <laughs> we haven't upset any of them. 
So congratulations to Jamie for uh, for, for, for for winning that for, for, that for, title. For, 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 for. <laughs> what did I do that? He got the he got the uh, Barry Sheen medal at the uh, at the Prezos, apparently. He did. They did the awards night. And then there was Mark Scaife, who had uh, more media than anyone else on the day. And I mean, couldn't they leave the bloke alone? He's trying to grid oh, up on couldn't. race three, and they're still trying to talk to him. They were bloody... Uh, did they get their money's worth out of him or what? I mean, oh, love going, him or hate him. Away? He was still He's still been a damn good steer over the years. And, you know, they could have just given him a bit of space, surely. But there you go. What did you think in national? Um, yeah, come on, from the outside looking in, it would have been the first thing you'd seen live for a long while, wouldn't well, it? You don't like him, do you? Well, I like everybody. I like everybody. Other than the fact that he draws a Holden, so, you know, that, that means he's, you know, the Antichrist. But, you know, other than, <laughs> other than that, you know, he's, he's all Well, he did say some of the people from the blue team actually came up and patted him on the back, yeah. so, you know. Hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smacked him across. Smacked yeah, his him teeth rattled. Yeah. Like, that didn't yeah, smacked like, him. like Winterbottom patted him on the back, but yeah. got him on the side. That's right. Smacked him across the back of the head. So. Uh, and that's right. Yeah. In fact, and, and on that matter, uh, you'd have to say that both HRT really had dropped the ball towards the end of the season, and so had FBR yes. more so. I mean, for like, for you know that accident to happen between Scaife and Winterbottom in the pit lane there, although it oh. was attributed to Winterbottom's radio not working. That was that was very disappointing out of all the, the situations that happened. Happen and then there, for him yeah. to come in and be stuck behind Steve Richards while they're while they're they're, they're servicing the car. But actually you're looking and going, well what are you guys doing? They're all standing mm. around because they were serving a ten second penalty. That's right. So he had to sit there for the extra ten seconds while he got out the while they got out the door. So I think yeah, towards the end of the season FBR looked very sloppy and no doubt the politics going on um, back in uh, an HRT was also having some effects on their oh, I'm performance sure that there. Was having a big effect. So Triple Eight was very, very lucky for uh, for Jamie to be able to to take that win there because had that uh, gearbox gone in the first race and not the second, well, that yep. would have changed the whole dynamics of it. Well, it was it's, it was really good for them because they really probably should have won the last two years. When you look at Lounsey against Rick Kelly and Jamie last year, uh, particularly with the um, less than kind of adequate weekend he had in Bahrain, where what, yeah. what happened? He shunted it in race one and didn't yep. start race one, um, race two, and race three. So um, third time lucky for those guys. They've got Bathurst right, but the championship is a, is a harder nut to crack. So um, oh, it yeah, is. congratulations to them. But they've done very well. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And certainly, you know, they. Uh, they got a lot of awards at the Galar night, uh, which was apparently and, and congratulations uh, on to, Monday night. Yeah, congratulations to Jamie too. You know, for a bloke that got fired by Gary Rogers. And that's go exactly what I was going to say, Paul. I mean, what, how do you think Gary Rogers felt after that race one on by Saturday? The press. <clears throat> what do you mean, as reported by the press? Well, that's the only information you get. About but he it. spent a year in the wilderness, don't forget. Yeah. So, you know, to come back after that... Absolutely. And to, for someone to take him on and, and for him to grow and mature and become the, the driver that won the championship, I think he did exceptionally well. Yeah, good name. Well, yeah, absolutely. The wilderness. It wasn't well, that much of a wilderness. It's the great Aussie thing, isn't it? You know, fight back from, from down the bottom, absolutely. fight above your weight and uh, end up being a winner. Yep. Well, he's pretty good with the media. Well, the, the award night wasn't uh, wasn't that much of a winner by all accounts. It says, the night featured a performance by a Bee Gees tribute band. 
God yeah. help us. Well, there's cost cutting going. What would you want to be going there for? Where was that at? Crown Casino? <laughs> no, it well, was in Sydney. Well, they can't have the BGs anymore. Well, where did they have it? At the, at <laughs> Sydney the Convention Lodge? and Exhibition Centre. Oh, well, you know that's poverty. There it's chicken go. and fish and sorted out amongst yourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, terrible the stuff. The BGs tribute band. Good. What were they thinking? Now, oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Moving overseas, and a bit of a discussion I need uh, to, uh, with, with you there, International, because you've got your finger on the pulse in this sort of uh, in, environment, <coughs> with uh, Audi pulling out of the American Le Mans series mm-hmm. and uh, the Le Mans series, and also, um, but at the same time, rolling out a new, a new car, the R15, which would be obviously the upgraded version of the R10. No indication whether they'll be using any of the KERS system there, but they're going to be running Sebring and uh, Le Mans 24 hour. What do you make of that, son? Um, don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Racing really sharpens the, the brand, sharpens the program. Um, if they turn up at Sebring and get spanked by Peugeot or Acura, then there may be a change of heart. Um, all the money's going into the DTM at the moment. Uh, just be interesting to see. You know, you can't... You really can't criticise Audi. They have been a long-time main player in sports car racing for many, 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 many years. You know, really in the last, since 99. They've, uh, so it's nearly kind of 10 years that they've been uh, put into the program, which is an extraordinarily long time for a manufacturer. So for them to scale back a little bit, and hopefully it's just a temporary thing, um, I don't think you can criticise them too much. It's not like they've come in and you know done a couple of years and then bailed out on the program. Um, they're still building a new car, and you know, hopefully we'll see them back on a more full-time basis the following year. In fact, or, they or, nine times won the uh, American Le Mans series. Or, and, e- or even a bit of a change of heart partway through the year, and you'll see them back later in the year. Do you so, think that, uh, that the decision was purely uh, race-oriented, or do you think the world economic situations just sort of said to them, well, we're not going to sell anywhere near as many cars this year, therefore the budget's got to be cut? Well, I don't think they're, pr- they're probably not selling a lot of Audis in the States at the moment. In fact, they're probably not selling a lot of anything, but... Um, I think once January 20 rolls around and the new president rolls in and you know hopefully there'll be a little bit of kind of change in heart and you know the, if the media kind of stops saying the sky is falling the sky is falling um, and then wondering three months later where all their advertising revenue yeah. went well <laughs> your advertising re- revenue went out the window because you told everyone the sky is falling so everyone stopped spending money so um, I think once we get through and hopefully we're, we're, we're kind of through the the bottom of the J-curve, and things will start uh, picking up from here. Oh, the bottom of the J-curve, I've been that for a long time. Oh, I didn't know yeah. 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 Well, this is the... This is the... Yeah. This is the... Uh, this is the from the financial reviews on the show. Well, 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 well <laughs> this is the recession we had... This is the recession we had to have, Mark, too, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see, we haven't got one here, so we wouldn't know. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that ties in very neatly with JP's anti-lobster availability theory. Now, JP... What's yep. the chance of a lobster in this neck of the W this Christmas? Absolutely zero. You won't get a lobster. Even Angelakis <laughs> is going without a lobster. And that's no true lobsters. because they're being... JP, been come over, over to you. They've been overfished for a number of years. The, um, the fisheries department has cut back on all the quotas. And even though they've cut back on all the quotas, the guys who are out there trying to catch the little buggers, there just aren't enough there. So what they are getting is just going straight overseas... 110, 120 bucks a kilo. Thanks for coming. 
That's all right. I'm allergic to it, so it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Well, so if you were planning, viewers, on uh, thinking that you might just pop down the local seafood store a couple of days before Christmas and picking yourself up a, uh, a rock, a lobster, um, just forget it. That's I, right. I got a much better idea. Get yourself a whole bunch of chicken wings, ring Hardy and find out what the secret sauce is, <laughs> and uh, cook yourself up a storm. Much because better. they are fantastic. But I would just like to reiterate... We've run out, Hardy. Well, no, no, there's more? a couple little sneaking around the corner there, but, but uh, I would just like to ask that question just once more so I get a very definitive answer. What's the chance of a lobster this Christmas? Nothing. Right. Bugger all. Okay. Not a hope. Are you, uh, are you rising to the challenge there, Mr Hart? No, I just feel that somewhere a lobster will lurk. <laughs> <laughs> and JP's rock Johnny's solid gonna go and, lobster. Johnny's going to go and dig rock. one up from somewhere. <laughs> He's going to drive down to Kingston, bribe the guy as he, bribe the guy as he comes in off the boat. Yeah, no, 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 go down to Kingston and you know, take a photo of the giant lobster. That's there. it. Let's go in straight to Japan. I'll be going to Kmart and get a plastic yeah. one. Well, the giant lobster's going to Japan? or No, the giant lobster's in, oh, okay. apparently in a great state of disrepair. It is. Oh, it's had it its claws snapped off. lots of money uh, spent on it, which isn't likely to happen. No. So, uh, yep, yeah, so could be his days are numbered. That could be the, that's about the only touristy thing you've got in beautiful downtown Kingston, South East. It is, you're right, absolutely. And you, you, did you, were you aware of the fact that it's actually about four times the size it should be? Really? It was never meant to be that big, but the guys who made it apparently read the plans wrong <laughs> and well. scaled it the wrong size. And when it actually originally turned up, they were like, oh my God, how are we going to put this together? So there you go. There you go. Interesting fact. Difficult stuff. It's also difficult then, I would suggest, going back to the previous subject, Paul, for Peugeot to be able to really throw, show a good hand there because their arch rivals sort of pulled out, sort of taken well, the taken the, well, taken per- the fun away for them. Peugeot went and played in 2007 um, and was king of the kids in their own backyard. They dominated, they dominated proceedings right up until the last round at Silverstone this year, and then they kind of screwed up. Nicholas Manassian kind of ran over a Porsche and stuck it in, and one of the other blokes ran into ran into an Audi in turn one on a restart, and so they they snatched uh, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, <laughs> but also Le Mans kind of went a little bit kind of pear shaped for them. So, mm-hmm. um, but that was because they simply weren't going as far as the Audi on fuel, yeah. and uh, and the driver change times were too high. Yeah, well, getting in and out of a uh, car with a roof, yeah. car with a roof, is were less elegant than yes. the Audi. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> very much so. Reminds elegant. me of blondes in BMWs with sunroofs. But anyway, yeah. elegant is uh, yeah is, is not not the term you'd use for climbing in and out of the uh, uh, the nine oh eight. The um, and speaking of I BMW, think one of the interesting things is whether they're going to go and run the um, Sparky, the um, hybrid. Thing. Well, that's quite a, that's a good question, Paul, and it appears that uh, the ACO rules on uh, the use of regenerative energy is um, a little bit probably not to their liking. It appears that you can use it, you can store the energy, but you can't really use it in any way. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really kind of followed. Well, it's a, it's not. Enough, it's a little bit. It's a bit fluffy, and, and with the ACO also going and cancelling the test day without any consultation to to some people, certainly the hotel owners in uh, the Le Mans area. They will be very, very filthy <laughs> come June. Just a little. <laughs> but I've probably already been paid. And Now, speaking of BMW... Oh, that's, the, that's the thing. They probably have already been paid. Mm. That's going to be a hell of a stink. 
Which means that there's probably some free accommodation to be had, should we want to go at that time of the you year. Want to go, yeah, if you want to go to Le Mans two weeks early, there's probably and plenty. And see nothing. And see nothing. Right. probably pretty well, That's, pretty that's all right, you know, like, there's plenty to see later on. Yeah, it's a nice place to visit. But, uh, yeah, BMW, mate, is making a return to uh, the American Le Mans series uh, and uh, with rail. Bobby Rahal, Bobby Rahal running the team. The car has been testing, uh, and that's going to be really interesting because you're going to see... BMW versus Porsche versus Ferrari versus Panos versus Corvette is actually stepping down to GT2. GT1, um, they've been king of the kids in their own backyard and Aston Martin haven't been coming out to play. So you're going to have uh, all those manufacturers. Uh, Corvette's going to run Sebring and then the race is up into Le Mans in GT1 and then is going to roll out the GT2 car. So that's going to be really interesting. You're going to have one heck of a battle. You're going to have five or six manufacturers. Big year in GT2. And, uh, and of course, the old, our old mate Bill Orbelin coming Puppy. back in the, back in a uh, back well, in a BMW. They, call, they did call her Puppy. Or was it, that her, her nickname? That was her nickname for him. All oh, right. She was, she, she was Puppies. <laughs> John, you can't say that about our friend. Uh, it just good did. Old, good old Billy. <laughs> Talking to puppies, did you hear they found those 100,000 fake breasts? No, I didn't. Oh, well, I have. Did you know that story? Please. No, you've been away. You've been overseas. You've been heard. Ralph Magazine was going to do a promotion for their New Year edition yeah. where they were going to give away a pair of fake breasts with every uh, magazine. Mm-hmm. And they ordered 100,000 of them from China. Mm-hmm. And they lost them. <laughs> they didn't know. They, the boat arrived in Sydney and... 100,000 pairs of breasts have gone missing. So, uh, anyway. Well, they got snapped up by... Snapped up by um, no, they didn't. Apparently, bon- in someone in China or... had uh, messed up the labelling and everything else, and they turned up in Melbourne yesterday. Hmm. So, there we are. Who knew? So, if you're someone in need of a pair of fake breasts, don't worry, they're here now. <laughs> quite quite buoyant. Uh, a little bit of Danish news. Danish? Although... Yeah. In fact, well, we'll, we have an interview coming up with Alan Simonson uh, in a moment, but just before we did a segue, perfect. perfect. Just to let you know, our good friend Lars Eric Nielsen has has bought a significant share in a Danish race car company company called Aquila, which um, produce Formula Fords and uh, uh, sort of open wheeler prototypes, much along the lines of the Radical. Um, Obviously, the company was going to go. The Aerial. Radical. Yeah, the Radical and the, the, Air, the Aerial Atom, I think, is... It's got nothing to do with the Aerial Atom. No, I know it's got nothing to do with it, but that style of thing is... No, 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 the Radical's no. like a little mini, sp- mini sports oh, look, car. Yeah, 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 sorry, Motorcycle I beg your pardon. I know the one you Motorcycle mean. Motorcycle engine yeah, yeah, prototype. Yeah, 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 okay. Kind of thing. So that's small. Well, they... Like a bit that runs in that IMSA Challenge thing in the yep. States. And, okay, now I've got yeah. you. Yeah, and, beg uh, your pardon. Yeah, it was going to go oh, under, so he's, uh, he's kicked the can and um, oh. he's got, a, got himself a sports car company. Um, and on that note, I think we just need to... Have a, a chat to our friend Alan Simonson, who's back from Europe for a few days and uh, got a bit of an interview, so we'll just cross over to that and back shortly. Well, viewers, on episode 100 of Radio Hotlap, we thought we'd uh, have a chat to one of the guys who we've had quite a bit to, uh, to do with his career over the last uh, three or four years. In fact, he's been probably on the show more than, uh, more than most drivers, but this year he's been spending so much time in Europe We've hardly had a chance to talk to him, but his results speak to himself. Welcome, Alan Simonson. Thank you very much, John. It's uh, good to be back. Good to be back in Australia. And um, obviously we came back with a bit of a bang two weekends ago at um, 
winning the last round of the GT Championship. So uh, no, it was really, really good to be back. Yeah, as the as the magazines put it quite aptly, it was the perfect comeback uh, for you to, to pretty much disappear out of the country um, directly after Clipsal 500, uh, going over to the US for a very tough uh, Sebring 12-hour with the Taffel Ferrari uh, team. Um, and then you've been busy. Then to come back, I think everyone might have thought, oh, well, that Simonson, he's gone for now, you know. And then you've snuck up and taken taken the trophy. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. As you say, it's been, uh, it's been extremely busy. Um, Obviously, uh, been very stressful as well um, with making this step into uh, to GT1 and with the Aston Martin. Um, very tough competition in uh, in that championship. So uh, it's uh, it's taken a lot of um, um, training hours uh, to uh, to be on top of it. But uh, it's been a very good year, and uh, I think we're building on something much bigger for next year. I thought we might just go through some of the programs that you've done over the year for the viewers because you, you have been a busy boy and, and certainly whilst uh, you have called Australia home previously, you've hardly been here at all, um, mostly in Europe as I said before, but uh, I know you love love being here, but uh, let's just explain to the viewers why you haven't been able to, to, to be here that much. I mean, starting off the year with a, a great result at the A1GP and then backing that up at Clipsal 500 a couple of weeks later um, with the uh, the Coopers uh, Marinello Motorsport Ferrari 430 GT3, you won everything you possibly could whenever you got in the car, but um, you then basically you shot off to, to Europe to, to for a five-round Le Mans series, um, teeing up with um, Lars Eric Nielsen and uh, Richard Westbrook, the Porsche factory driver, in a uh, 997 GT3 RSR. Um, mate, you won win at Monza, um, and uh, that was obviously the highlight. The rest of the year, everything had been going good for you, but you just seemed to be let down by one mechanical disaster or another. Yeah, I, I guess this year, we, uh, we, especially in the Le Mans series, we've had a, we've had a very tough year, as you say. We, we won one round. Uh, but we've actually had DNFs in uh, in every single one of the others we've done. So uh, we haven't had a good mechanical um, mechanical year in the Le Mans series. But then, if you look back one year ago, when I drove the Ferrari in the Le Mans series, we uh, we basically finished on the podium in every single race. So I mean, you obviously can't um, you know you can't be so lucky all the time. And and I just think this year it just wasn't our year in the uh, in the Le Mans series. Um, but no, it's it, it's it's been uh, it's been a good year. Um, again, we've we've learned a lot and um, and uh, and moved on. Um, the um, Aston Martin GT1 uh, in the FIA Championship has been extremely reliable. Um, there hasn't been any any uh, reliability problems with that car, and that's been a ten-round championship. We have though um, not started two rounds. Um, both rounds was due to the fact that we had. Uh, um, crash and uh, we didn't have the part to fix the car um, so um, but but once we've been when we've been running the car's been uh, been very good this year's senior also do four uh, 24-hour races uh, starting off with the Dubai 24-hour then uh, Le Mans 24-hour the Spa 24-hour and the Brit car 24-hour so mate that's a lot of time in four races to be in a race car yeah it's a lot it's uh, 92 hours of racing I guess <laughs> 96 <laughs> 
Mon is the biggest race in the world. It's the greatest race. It's the toughest race. It's the one everyone wants to win. And this year, for for me to drive a prototype um, was like a dream come true. Um, okay, it wasn't. I knew straight away whenever I got in the car that it wasn't going to uh, challenge for any um, anything major. But uh, just the fact to drive it was was fantastic, and the fact that we even got on the grid was was a victory in itself. Um, obviously, my um, my teammate, uh, my Japanese teammate uh, Norda, had a massive shot and, um, and 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 almost destroyed the car. So it was um, it was a great effort for the team just to bring the car back and. Um, and it was it was good to do it. We had a lot of success at the um, at the Spa 24-hour race. Obviously, coming first with the Aston Martin, um, that was very good. It was very important for the team um, to have such a great result, and um, it was an extremely hard race as well. So uh, it's been good. Brit Car was good. Um, we were leading Brit Car. Uh, looked like we were going to win it, and um, unfortunately, the diff gave up. Same thing with the Dubai 24-hour race. We were leading that as well by three laps. And uh, my teammate had a bit of a misfortune with another driver and rolled the car. So uh, it's been, it's been, we've, we've been on the page in every single thing we've done all this year, and it's been good. We also have had some great results, but um, we have had too many DNFs, crashes, and unreliability problems. So there you go. Maybe next year will change. Just looking back at the relative performance of the vehicles in, in LMS, it appears this year has probably been, the Ferrari's been the car of choice, and even though the Porsche did receive a 4-litre four, four engine upgrade towards the end of the season, it just seems that, they, that the Ferrari had, had the legs on it. But uh, whereas you look at uh, the British GT Championship, you've got all sorts of marks coming in there, which are um, perhaps the parity not quite right there, or the formula with the drivers to be able to enable you and uh, Hector Lester in the 430 GT3 to be as competitive as you'd like to have been. Yeah, I mean, just uh, quickly first on, on the LMS issue, I think the reason why the Ferraris have been winning this year is, is sort of the same reason as, as why we were winning last year when I drove the Ferrari, and it's due to the fact that we've... Uh, we developed a very, very good Dunlop tyres, which, uh, which Robert Bell and myself did uh, at the beginning of 2007. And they've continued working on that tyre since I left and, and have just gone from one stretch to another. So therefore, they, they, uh, they, they, ha- they have, a, have a, a very um, very good tyre, which is clearly faster than anyone else's. And that's why, uh, that's why they, they, they can win as much as they can. But the reliability, obviously, is, is very important as well. But... Um, British GT, yeah, I mean, British GT, it's, uh, it's, it's supposed to be a pro-am championship, um, two drivers for every single event, one hour each. Um, just too many teams now is putting together um, drivers which are very similar in pace, and, you know, you normally see with a pro-am um, championship that you find a difference between two and three seconds in the two drivers, which is very normal, and I would say maybe 30, 40% of the field is like that. But now, a lot of people are coming in now where the drivers are no more than a second of each other, and uh, that just makes it too hard for for us because each you know we, each driver has to drive a minimum of 23.5 minutes in each race. Um, so normally there's at least a, a gap of uh, between 30 and 50 seconds that I have to drive up, and uh, it, it 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 just becomes very very hard. It's very challenging, and I've really enjoyed the. Um, the challenge from it, but uh, it, it has been um, it's been hard to have any more wins than we've already had. I mean, I think we've had some, some something like six six pole positions and 
Um, I think we've had fastest lap in almost every single race, a few lap records and stuff. So uh, it's very clearly that, uh, that that I've been the fastest driver. Autosport uh, this weekend voted me the best driver in the championship as well, um, which which was obviously a very nice recognition to have. Um, but yeah, I mean we needed to um, we needed to have won some more races, but. So how does the seeding process get get sorted? I mean, Stefan Rattel has has put some some uh, regulations forward for 2009, and we seem to be probably seeing that proliferated down here into Australia. But how does how do you, you counteract the foxing? Well, you you get you get uh, categorised in three different levels, which they call A, B, and C. Um, an A driver being a professional driver, meaning someone who's paid to drive or has been a factory driver or has finished at a certain level in certain championships. Uh, a B driver is, uh, is what they call uh, a very good amateur um, and a C driver is, uh, is a, a full amateur. Um, two A drivers is not allowed to drive together. Um, you can drive together an A and a B driver um, but you can't, um, and you can drive obviously together an A and a C driver and C and C and B and B. But the problem is the gap from becoming a A driver to a B driver is too small. Um, you need to have, uh, you need, it needs to be much, much easier for drivers to be categorized as A drivers. There's only a very limited amount of A drivers uh, in the championship. I think we're only two, me and, and, and one other guy, um, which then means that everyone else is categorized B drivers, which means they can really drive with anyone else at their same level. And that's, that is the problem. Um, the, the gap's just between A and B. You've, um, yeah, it made the debut in FIA GT Championship this year and uh, during the year I know you said to me, look, this is a real race car. I can really drive it hard into corners and it, and it responds in, in every respect. Um, how, have you, how have you sort of made that transition from, from the other categories to that? Is it saying that the GT2 cars are a little bit softer or, or is it the aero package that makes the difference and therefore the confidence you need to have to be able to drive a car with aero? Well, firstly, the the the, uh, the GT1 car has around 200 horsepower more than a, G, than a GT2 car, and it also weighs about 50 kilos less. But the also very important thing is that the GT1 cars run on some very um, uh, good confidential tyres, uh, which obviously gives the uh, the car an enormous amount of grip. And the most important thing I think is the is the, is the level of, of which drivers drive the cars. I mean, there's a lot of ex Formula One drivers in the championship. A lot of drivers that have been in GT1 for many years, and they uh, they clearly just don't do it and make any mistakes. It's, it's basically the same as what you have at the top level of their supercars, um, and and all of these drivers you're racing against, and uh, it's it, it's been tough, but it's been good. Um, but it's just it's just top top level motorsport, uh, which is what I like to be part of, and and the fact that I have another professional teammate makes makes a difference for me, for because whenever I'm not in the car, no, I don't need to worry about how much do I drop back or what's what Uh, Travelling to Argentina a few weeks ago and having the, the, the great disappointment of not actually being able to race, even though you did get some laps in around the new St. Louis track, uh, six and a half kilometre track around the uh, extinct volcanic lake. Like maybe could you describe to people just what that sort of tra- that track is like? Because it's not often we see tracks of this nature sort of just suddenly arrive. Yeah, I mean the track is built around a volcano, and it's um, it's basically um, the roads that's used for the tracks are normal public roads 
most of them, uh, which people use to uh, to get to to restaurants and uh, and so forth, which is, is placed around the track. Um, but 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 when you come into the track, you will get really surprised over the size of it because it is so wide everywhere, and um, it's very fast and very flowing. But then the, everything is fenced off with concrete walls because on one side you have a volcano and on the other side you have a cliff. So safety-wise, you have to face it all up with, uh, with, with concrete walls. So basically, you've got a track which is fast and flowing like Spa. Um, you know, it reminds me of something in between Spa and Bathurst, but the problem is you've got walls of Monaco. Um, so it's a, it's a very challenging track. Um, when we went there um, a couple of weeks ago, it was extremely hot and, uh, and the track was breaking up um, already after the first practice session we were doing purely down to the fact that the asphalt temperature got over 60, 60 degrees Celsius. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a challenge even just to, uh, to, to do the track. And the marbles that came loose because of the heat obviously caused a lot of people to crash, including myself. Um, so that part of it, obviously, no one really liked, but that's just the way it is. With the, uh, the track being 14 metres wide and, uh, and 3 metre verge either side, obviously complying to FIA standards, do you think we might see a Formula One race there? There was a lot of talk about it. The problem is, though, that um, commuting to the place is extremely hard. It's in the middle of nowhere, and, and the closest airport is about 200 kilometres from, from Rhea. And once you get into the track itself, there's like one road leading into it. So the hotels that's, that's there is, uh, is very limited. Um, I think the track itself um, would be uh, fantastic to see a Formula One car around it. It does have a very, very narrow part, a bit like uh, Bathurst when you when you um, when you go over the top and, and, and down through the uh, the uh, the zigzag um, and uh, sorry the depot it's called um, and uh, and that I'm not sure the Formula One cars would cope with, but I, I guess they could change that slightly if they had to. But uh, it would be great to see Formula One go there, but I, I doubt it would happen because the infrastructure is just not there at the moment. Closer to home, you spent a day at Oran Park yesterday with Triple Eight, um, having a, uh, a doing a, a media day there, um, spending quite a bit of time in Jamie's championship winning car. What was it like to um, to get back in a supercar and, and the same team's car a year down the track from your fifth place at Bathurst? I was very good. I mean, obviously, it was very disappointing this year that my schedule didn't allow me to um, to do Bathurst and then uh, and and Phillip Island again, but. 2007 cost me too much um, result-wise and um, and career-wise in the fact that I didn't didn't, didn't stay in Europe and, and, and do the race I was supposed to instead of coming in and driving at Sandown. So this year I was never going to do the same again and, and straight away I knew there was going to be a clash and I informed Triple Eight that I couldn't do the race. Um, so it was very nice to be back in the car and, and to be honest with you, I watched the last uh, the last race at Oran Park in uh, on TV the other day and had a big smile on my face when Jamie won so it was a bit weird to, uh, to then jump in his car on the same track a couple of days down um, and uh, and drive it but uh, we had 180 people from Vodafone that we had to give rides to and uh, and Craig Lance was there obviously driving his car Jamie was off doing some filming so I had the privilege of driving uh, the Jamie's car and it, it, it was very good I mean the car is exactly like it was last, like I remember it last, last year when I drove it uh, very good fantastic team to work with uh, very easy see how, how they are a championship team. Um, they just got everything sorted down to the smallest detail.
Well, not all 180 people from Vodafone would probably be motorsport fans, so how many of them thought you were Jamie? Well, a few, a few people said, uh, come on, Jamie, just give it everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's just pretty smile on your face. So, um, 2009, I suppose uh, we're seeing cracks appearing in the, in the motorsport world um, everywhere, and uh, perhaps a lot of people have been a little bit more quiet than, uh, than they had first said to be, uh, we're seeing like um, Audi pulling out of the American Le Mans series and the Le Mans series, the, the ACO cancelling the test day for, for, you know, thinking of the teams and um, um, Peugeot sort of having a, a bit of a rethink about what they're going to do when the rules aren't really sort of highly favouring the uh, hybrid uh, hybrid cars and the, and the Kurs technology. Um, w where do you see yourself in, in next year? Um. It's very tough times at the moment. Um, I've already had one cancellation on my schedule from last year, uh, which was the uh, the Sebring 12-hour race, which I was, was which I was due to do, and uh, that has the, the, my team has, has pulled out due to the to the finals, fin, um, to the world uh, crisis, and uh, there will be lots, lots more uh, coming coming down the line. If yeah, I mean it, it's it's going to hurt everyone. Um, it's not just the drivers; it's everyone that's involved in motorsport. Um, and I don't think it's just going to last one year. I think it, it might c take a couple of years before sort of everyone gets over it. Um, it's one of those things where you just sort of, uh, you know, just got to go through it and, and hope for the best. I mean, I've, I've still got a few drives sorted, um, but nothing's signed off yet. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm obviously going to stay with, uh, with GigaWave. Um, potentially I'm doing... Uh, the drives with Vodafone again, and, and there's, there's a few things in the in the limelight, but we'll we'll see what happens. Well, no doubt we'll see you back here for some selected Australian GT races with the Coopers Ferrari, and um... yeah, that's the plan. I mean, uh, at the moment it looks like I'm doing the uh, the Australian Grand Prix, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of balls in the air at the moment. We'll see which one of them we catch. So you're heading home to Denmark for Christmas. Heading home to Denmark for Christmas, and. Um, on the 2nd of January, I go straight to Daytona for the uh, first 24-hour race of the year, which is uh, obviously Daytona 24 hours. Driving a Porsche over there with uh, Farnbagger. Yep. And uh, looking forward to that, so it uh, should be good. Now, a couple of years ago, we did talk to, be, talk to you about what you actually have for Christmas, and, and you, you said to us that you actually have Christmas on the 24th of the evening of the 24th. So, mate, I've done a bit of research here, just exactly what Danish uh, people do have for um, their Christmas or Christmas Eve meal and um, as you said before duck is uh, is a favourite but uh, mate, they're also, it, the jury's out whether it should be salmon, herring, shrimp and lobster <laughs> Well I don't know I mean I'm not a big fish eater so I, I actually don't know, know uh, I'm also Christmas is something we have for the, for the, kid, for, for the kids you know, well, well, always so busy well, doing other stuff anyway You're a big kid mate and you know that on the 24th it's the night you know where the Christmas tree gets lit and you all hold hands and you dance around the Christmas tree and sing traditional Danish carols and hymns That's it, that's what we do man And you love that bit I love that bit Especially that's the true. holding hands Holding hands, yeah. And then you basically do nothing on the 25th. It's just sort of That's like right. slob around. And then That's the 26th all get hungry again and go off to Mary's for lunch. That's right. Go and say hello to Mary. And they ha and you've got a... Sp Carlsberg and Tuberg have actually got Christmas special beers that they do. Yes, absolutely. Christmas beers. And uh, we go down and get them in our slate. Get Rudolph in front and... Uh, 
How are we doing? In your slice. Oh, now, well, I wish you all the best for Christmas, and um, I think you've had, it's been a good year, it's been a safe year for you, no injuries, and I think that's, you know, it, uh, when you look back on it, and the 30-plus uh, press releases that we put out this year, and probably some of them even missed some, some events, um, you've got to look back and say, well, I've done a lot of miles in a lot of fast race cars in dangerous situations, and I haven't come out hurt even with a broken toenail. Have a safe trip home, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you before I uh, before I know oh, it. And you know, you. we seem to work better in different hemispheres. Sorry. We seem to work better in different hemispheres. Yes. Yeah, like like Paul Ryan. You know, he sort of you're over there and I'm here, and we all sort of work better. That's good. All right, mate. Take yeah. care, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Well, there you go. That was Uncle Al. Big Al. Big Al. Indeed, indeed. He's been a busy boy, hasn't he? He has been a busy boy, indeed. I thought, now. I, I thought I had clocked up a few sky miles, but yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> oh, he takes uh, the cake for yeah, that, don't he, worry he, about he it. He spanks yeah. me on that. Well, Paul, you, you are, the act, in fact, the media director for the Super League formula. Correct. And you've uh, done six races. Correct. Around uh, the globe. Correct. Well, Europe. Europe, yep. Well, that's the globe. A very short globe. But a lot of Europeans would think that that's kind of the globe. That's yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of planning um, and uh, a lot of fun, I suppose, and a lot of very strange names, which you've had a great uh, mastering of. <laughs> Galatasaray. Galatasaray. I realised um, that... How did it all go? I realised David with an E is actually David A, and it's not actually David, so... Um, is that right? Yeah, it is. Oh, well, there you go. I've learned something. First race and, which was good, <laughs> considering uh, David A. Rigon actually kind of won the championship. No, it was good. Um, a huge crowd at the last round of the championship. 35,000 Spaniards kind of turning up in uh, Jerez. Wonderful venue, beautiful sunshine. If I could uh, spend every race weekend of my life in um, southern Spain, it would be, uh, would be magnificent. Great media center, beautiful Wi-Fi. In fact, hardwired. Um, yeah. It's um, yeah, outstanding facility. Paella. Um, uh, well, I'm not in the, I'm not a seafood kind of guy, so uh, paella is not kind of my cup of tea. But um, no, it was great. It um, the series went was 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 really grown in popularity, really stepped up, and it was a really interesting uh, really interesting project to kind of get involved with. Uh, a really great, uh, great bunch of drivers, good bunch of guys working on all the teams, and um, and the football club stuff was really interesting. And um, yeah, can't complain. Well, the, um, well, the the football fans, look. Well, they really stuff. Do you know whether you got the perc- the percentage you were after in terms of football fans who really weren't interested in motor racing coming to support their team? And they buy merchandise. Well, they did. They did, and uh, you know we had a we had a. Um, a couple of busloads full of Porto fans travel 11 hours down to... Uh, O'Porto? Like yeah. chicken O'Porto? <laughs> yeah, yeah, O'Porto. <laughs> Is that right? Yep, right, well, where port, where port comes from. That's oh, right. Very famous, uh, yeah. where, where they also actually have a round of the Red Bull Air Race Bull Series as well. So, They're uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. That's, exactly. that's as in the Portuguese charcoal chicken. Correct. That's what... There. O'Porto. Because, you know, that first started in Australia in Crow's Nest, and they had a Crow's Burger and a Nest Burger. 
and the Nest Burger had chilli on it. The Crows didn't. And then they had a um, a King's Cross version, and it was the King's was regular, and then the, the Cross was the chilli. But they, when they expanded out to the country, they were having difficulty with the people. You know, they couldn't decide, so they went to Wagga Wagga. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> there was so I, another uh, one of your scintillating. No, uh, no chili versions allowed. Is huh? this someone coming in? Don't tell me it's actually. So what do you what do you expect for the uh, the next season? Um, more races, more football clubs, and, and you're expanding uh, out to, to ex- an international ex- race. Um, possibly. Possibly. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Well, uh, there's been some uh, Formula One testing. Uh, a lot of interest in Brazil, so. Uh, um, they're looking to, to possibly find a promoter down there but a uh, huge amount of interest down that uh, area of the world so. and then if Brazil takes it presumably other South American countries will take well, it well we have, we have uh, Brazil, two Brazilian clubs at the moment yep. so um, we'll see if we can kind of get um, expand on that a little bit possibly into That'd Argentina we may see an Argentinian club down the road so. the Argentinian club that would mean possibly that you'd be taking advantage of that wonderful new circuit in San Luis oh wouldn't that be good wouldn't it mm, that'd be wouldn't awesome. that be good because it looks pretty good, a and uh, Uncle Al thought it was a good piece of road. A mega piece of road. And now, with uh, you know, once you know, the first uh, race has been done, there an instant classic. And uh, yes, it is an instant classic. Very well put, Paul. It's not often that you see tracks emerge like this, as I was yeah. saying to Al. But um, and uh, the vision there of uh, Stefan Rattel to go there and have a bit of a drive around looking for a barber. Um, <laughs> couldn't find one as usual, and uh, a racetrack has has been put. Well. Uh, Jerez has been also having some Formula One testing this week, um, and um, the uh, McLaren brought their interim MP4 three out there. New front with, wing, uh, new, new front, front wing. wing, correct with uh, with uh, Pedro de la Rosa um, at the front and uh, Calvillainen also out there too. Um, it just won the racing car of the year from Autosport. And uh, at this very moment, Ashley Dean Draper. He's back. He's here. He's, he's, he's arrived. Hello, everybody. Well, well, we haven't seen you since episode two or, or 108 episodes ago. Where have you been? Well, only 108? Yeah, yeah only 108. That's all right. No, I went into voluntary retirement. Yes, we had Ashley on the show very early in the piece, uh, and uh, Ashley Dean Draper was, um, well, <coughs> he was voted off. For rudeness, <laughs> for rudeness <laughs> to Macintosh products. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and quite deservedly, I thought so, yes. Yeah. Would you what like to get it? yourself a bevoir? I would love a bevoir. Well, if you go to the Ridgey Ditch over there, mate, you'll go and find a selection from various uh, places that are in the world. Splendid. <laughs> there you go. And then you can come back and sit next to JP. And, and, and he's trying to tell you he doesn't want him sitting next to you. He doesn't want you sitting next to him, mate. Don't worry I'm, about I'm, it. I'm quite surprised he hasn't turned up, you know, dressed in a tweed jacket and a tie and glasses and you know, looking like PC off the uh, Mac and PC. <laughs> well, I'm quite surprised he turned up because he said what time? And he, I said six o'clock, so he's here at twenty-five past seven. Well, look, I was only late because I had to have the iPhone in for warranty again. <laughs> <laughs> It, you need an opener, Ash, it's there. Yeah, well, it's probably because you've got finger trouble. Um, Honda's out of Formula One International. Correct. Yes. And uh, I suppose that's um, a sign of the times. I wonder how much there'll be effect on other programs it does around the world. it be interesting to see. Is, is it involved in IRL or 
Uh, IRL, American Le Mans series, a uh, bit of World Touring Cars. Um, none of those programs are affected at, at this stage, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, the F1 program um, is going to be funded over the next uh, next three months. Why, Cheers, Ashley. Cheers, Ash. Why the boys in uh, boys in Brackley um, look for a, look for a new buyer, and apparently there are kind of quite a few um, um, suitors lining up to um, to possibly. Do you think David Richards and ProDrive might be one? Possibly, who knows? Could it be appears that they could be getting it at a real bargain basement price with and a very good facility as well. Yeah, the facilities are exceptionally good. Have you seen them? I have indeed. Well, there you go. Of course, that's right. You've been working on those uh, those uh, uh, sorts of things earlier in the year. But uh, also today uh, in U- European time is um, the, the, the deadline for whether teams will adopt the Formula One standard engine. And so far, five takers have put their hands up. Seems like a bit of a funny idea. What do you make of that? Um, it's not really in the spirit of no, F1, it's is not, it? No, it's not at all. Um, I don't think it's a good idea in any way, shape or form. Do you um, think it's a bit of a rebound decision with think, Bernie on and being on a bit of a rebound month? I think I think the rules, <laughs> Bernie. There's a man I feel sorry for at the moment. A month at um, Bernie's. I just think it's the world gone slightly mad, and hopefully there will be some some sensibility will actually kind of come back into the Formula One world. Really. Well, they have gone mad at Holden's ad agency with an ad saying times are tough, which I think is just terrible. Yeah. Like, let's talk it down. We were saying, we were saying before, you know, all the newspapers are saying the sky's falling, the sky's falling, and then three months later they wonder where their advertising revenue went. Um, the media, the, the negativity of the media, and it's not just here in Australia. It, it is a global, so it is a global scenario. Everyone takes the opportunity to talk it down, and you know, there's a reason why I don't read a lot of newspapers these days. I wonder if it's the same in the states, though. You know. Uh, America is not known so much for its tall poppy syndrome that Australia does. Um, we tend to sort of push people down and push well, organisations down. It's far worse than England. Well, England, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of maybe America specifically. Yeah. Like, I wonder whether everybody is doom and gloom or they're going, come on, like we, we can make it. Mm. Certainly, there's, there's. I don't know. I think once the new, I think once the new boss kind of takes over on the 20th of January, I think hopefully you'll see a bit of a resurgence kind of coming. Um, Kicking in, um, the word is he's going to announce a whole bunch of kind of infrastructure projects. Whether there's the funding there to actually pay for all that, I'm not sure, but um, mm-hmm. it's certainly uh, it's certainly a challenge. But you know, it's if if you're up for a challenge and if if you can make it at the moment, then you can make it any time. So uh, you know, put your head down and well, that's true. Let, let's let's hope that their infrastructure project does does uh, extend to reaching out to the auto industry with I think the three car makers Ford, uh, Chrysler and, Ho- and GM getting together and going to uh, the Senate and saying look we, we need a bit of a, 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 a bailout package here you know just well, to keep, keep us going and, and they've just laughed in their face well, whereas well, effectively these three have mobilised America and they need the support. Well yes and no but they, they've got to stop building pieces of shit. That, that's quite true um, but that's not going to happen um, overnight and they and to, they have to to, to, to... to put it bluntly, and they're not very smart. No, like the, we agree. The three, of, the three of them turned up at the first meeting flying in in their private jets. Yeah, like, but that, that's been put out, taken out of proportion as well because those executives, their time is more valuable. They can't be seen to be going around on, 
on, on domestic flights, you know, and just sitting there and waiting for it to be late. You know, of if course... You know, if you're that far in, in the toilet, you've got to make... You've got to cut comments. Paul, you know that... But they don't... They, the they, I, don't, I don't buy that at all. I think that, that they have contracts with their with the plane suppliers that they need to use and they can't just they don't just turn them off and on on a daily basis no. and those guys needed to get from a to b quickly and get back and their time is very very valuable and it's been taken out of proportion yes the media have distorted that but you know you can't be seeing those guys lining up you know in in, in Qantas economy to, to fly across you know the the continent to be able to present something and then then come back so that it, Yes, it doesn't yeah, send a very good meeting, message, but the second meeting, the second meeting, they all kind of jumped in, kind of hybrids, and kind of drove across from Detroit to DC. Um, well, there's the media again, you know, you've working against a, you. You've got to build. You've got to build a. You've got to build a quality product. And if you don't build a quality product, then you're not going to. You're not going to make. You're not going to make any money. Well, they certainly haven't learnt um, that. You know, the cost of fuel was going to rise, even though it seems to have subsided. But and and have ridden, you know, a, a wave of you know of, of, of success with the SUV product in America, thinking, oh well, like you know, we just keep building those, and now that's all fallen down. And they haven't had any programs in place well, which are ta- which have been yeah. using smart cars. Now, obviously, GM has something in the pipeline with the Volt product, and uh, as Chrysler has, which is outsourcing to Nissan. Um, uh, to to build another hybrid vehicle. Well, they need to they need to kind of look at a number of things. You know, hydrogen fuel cell is probably going to be the most is really kind of the smartest way to actually kind of look at to, to look at this and, and all this stuff with the curves and so forth in Formula One. It has a small effect, but it is not something that's really going to kind of save the planet in a heartbeat by any by any stretch of imagination. The the biggest the biggest challenge is is that now the cost of fuel is back down at a palatable level is that everyone's going to forget about the whole mm. thing oh we must find some alternative it's only it's only when people are hurting is when everyone thinks oh heck we better find solar powered um, you know powered by you know plutonium yeah. whatever recycled um, vegetable kryptonite, or, yeah. kry- kryptonite powered road cars thanks <laughs> superman um, and you can bet the Rudd government's pleased about that, that that little problem's gone away for it at the moment because he had said like how he was going to bring the price of fuel down. I still yeah. have, I actually and haven't heard him take credit for it as yet. You know, yeah. But uh, certainly there was all those pricing watchdogs that were going to be put into place to, you know, and which happen. ended up going to be costing more for the fuel suddenly. You know, the cost of fuel has gone down probably because the world just realised that the whole thing was unsustainable. Hmm. It was like the, the, uh, the economic crunch is there, but just, you know, it just... The bubble just burst. People just couldn't afford to pay for these these products. Yeah. Well, they reckon that a lot of that was down to China anyway, because China was one of the biggest users. And uh, that's the biggest problem. That, yeah, that's the yeah, biggest They're problem. seriously in recession now. And Ch- Ch- China and India are the biggest. Yeah. Is is where the you know from the environmental point of view, um, you can make a lot of changes in the U.S. And but it's mm. the thing. The thing from the U.S. perspective is that it will be. A global leader. If America, if America changes and every car in the states within ten years is a hydrogen fuel cell powered vehicle, then that will yeah lead the world. That will yeah. lead the world, and the rest, the rest, the rest of the world will follow. Yeah. That will be the smart thing. But it's a huge, it's a huge task because it's a yeah, you know, it's the whole infrastructure thing. And with the amount of money that the oil companies are making, 
um, you know, it's it's just staggering mm. um, how much money they make. Well, yeah, the and shells not only that. and the Exxon Mobiles and and look how look how many years they've basically bought the patents to everything that was either going to save fuel or was an alternative or whatever and shut it down. Yeah. So you know they're sitting on a lot of uh, a lot of gold oh, there. They're looking after their own. Mm. They're looking after their Absolutely. own. They're looking after the shareholders, which you, know, you can't blame them for. But you know, mm. something's going to stop, and that you know hopefully that will uh, transpire with a new um, with a new boss rolling into town, and we'll see what happens. So. Well, that's enough of that stuff. Absolutely. Doom and gloom Absolutely. because it's well, what's tech, tech, time? tech time. What are you doing now while we're on tech time? And even Ashley can get involved with this. He Did can. you know it's a very special birthday today? Whose birthday? It's a 40th birthday. Does anybody know whose birthday it is? 40th birthday of the PC? No. It's the 40th birthday of the computer mouse today. The computer mouse was invented 40 years ago. Um, by some boffins or the other at uh, some uni. Um, Xerox here we go. Park, perhaps. Um, da, 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 da. Douglas Engelbert at the Fall Joint Computer Conference Dang. in 1968. The original mouse had two wheels set at right angles to each other and the computer plotted the distance each wheel moved. And in 1972, Xerox came up with a ball mouse. And as we all know, the Xerox subsequently became... The, uh, the apple of choice, effectively. Theft, Theft wasn't um, it? Theft, yes. And uh, the first mouse was made of wood, had a single button, and it was a design copied by Apple until recently and was used to highlight text on a written document. There you go. What do you make of that, Ash? Um, okay, was Steve Jobs involved at that point? <laughs> well, Steve Jobs was uh, one of the original founders, along with Steve Wozniak, of yeah. the Apple Computer right. Company. I'm just trying to pick the hype in that statement because the hype. hype. No, it's no hype. It's you just know, Apple straight out. Hype. It's not an Apple. Um, oh, okay. yeah. It's not an Apple article. It's Computer Reseller News. So no need to have fishing for negativity. No, no, no. I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, no. So how can I put this? To be fair, I think I think Apple make you know a wonderful, wonderful range of products that enhance everybody's life. Well, this is a turnaround on the Ashley Dean Drake. Isn't it? No, it's amazing. In single digit shows. So there we are, viewers. Just celebrate the. So next time you sit in front of your computer, <coughs> in fact, when you sat there downloading this show, with your hand on the mouse as you always do, forty years old. Jennifer, who's just made a trip to Australia from uh, a sunny Atlanta. Um, would obviously have um, gone out through Tom Bradley Airport, uh, the the hub of Delta in. Uh, Correct? Is that right? The Delta Hub? Tom Bradley yeah, in... Atlanta, Hartsfield, Jackson. Uh, oh, Hartsfield. Tom Bradley's in LAX. Uh, uh, Tom Bradley, I LAX. But Delta is... The headquarters Tom of Delta Bradley. is in Atlanta. Yes, is that correct. correct? Well, you'll be pleased to know that they are adding Wi-Fi to 2,000 planes by the end of 2009 and be rolling it out by the, two th by the end of 2008, hoping to make the skies friendly again Delta. using air cells yes. go-go. So, yeah. when and the interesting thing is, the interesting thing is, thanks to uh, thanks to Virgin America and Delta and American, Skype is banned. They closed the port. Is that right? Yeah. Why is that? So, because you don't, so you don't have to sit next to some knucklehead sitting next to you on Skype, talking into his computer. For like, can you imagine on a five hour, no. like a, nah, you know, want that. like flying from LA to New York for three or four hours, how long is LA New York? Four or five hours. Can you imagine that? Somebody just talking constantly, like, 
you could not think of anything worse. An aer- I could. An aeroplane. I could think of Americans talking. An aeroplane. <laughs> oh, <laughs> careful, careful. Oh, Present company accepted, That's of right. course. Yeah, throw that bottle at him. Yeah. Um, but you can imagine, because like, being on a plane is like your sanctuary away from the phone. You know, you can't, mm. you can't be contacted, you can't be checking voicemail, you can't be like talking too loudly as, as some people are, are known to um, do from time to time. So I'm standing here with my hand up. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's just Wi-Fi within the plane. No, it is. No, it is. And so you can meet people. So can no, what are you having on six C? No, it is. It, it is actually. You, you can actually kind of check your mail like and airline. surf and that. Mm. I want no, another Mister T. Mister T's Bloody Mary mix. <laughs> Mister T. Hey, Bloody when I flew from Atlanta to LA on Delta, they had satellite television live. All right. I was watching the same programs everyone else was watching. Cool. Well, they are trying to watch this. You could be flying out during a race, kind of thing. You'd be kind of tuning in to kind of watch. Have they got a lump on the plane for the satellite thing, like the Virgin plane? It's an a, it's, yeah, it's an A-way. I had about. <laughs> it looks like that. Look at this lump on the plane. And it was the Foxtel guy who got on top of the plane. Rupert. Rupert. Okay. Of course. Well, he didn't do it himself. He paid a man to do it. No, because apparently you can kind of hook up. You can hook up your your iPhone and your. Um, uh, your iPod Touch, or your, you know, your Windows Mobile device, or your Google phone, or whatever internet connectivity device. Can you, you just see someone hiring an, another seat spare next to them, just so they can put all the <laughs> equipment on it? There. You know, like <laughs> to see if we can hack into the food uh, system. Ah, uh, we'll see. See if you got the iPhone, then you've got everything in the one device that you need, kind of thing. See, that's my problem. That's my problem at the moment. Walk around with a phone and an MP3 player and a camera and a blackberry and well you won't need that paul if you decide to buy yourself especially with your huge budget that you'd be getting next year for a super league formula a new mercedes s class they are coming out now in production with what's called the split view command system now it's an eight inch lcd panel right in the center of the of the of the dashboard but through a series of a, 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 a pattern of mirrors and, it's all uh, done by mirrors. Done by mirrors. <laughs> mirrors and glass and the projection of that image uh, either shows themselves to shows itself to the driver yep. or to the passenger. But obviously they want to look at different things. So there might be a GPS picture coming off the screen for the driver, but the passenger's watching a DVD. But how does that work with a single screen? Well, very clever technology, all very secret stuff from Mercedes-Benz, and it uses special filters that then reveals the correct pixels depending on where you're seated. Seated. Yeah. Seated. Is it as good as that um, Mercedes-Benz um, automatic uh, braking thing that they... And it's as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 right, yeah. it's right up there with the A-Class Deer Show. <laughs> And the BMW iDrive. Now, JP, there's some updates for your, for your laptop this week. What's going on with that? Firmware updates. Firmware updates. Firmware updates. Firmware updates. Have you got the new one yet? Yeah, I've got the new one. Is it good? Did yeah, you not know anything about it? When no, they're coming I didn't out? know anything about it. Well, I'll tell you. When they're coming out with the 17th. He's the Apple dealer. Um, Absolutely. Presumably, uh, firmware updates. Jobsy will be showing it off at Macworld San Francisco. Right. 
Because it's got to, uh, it would have been, I mean, to get the 15s out, out of that solid block of aluminum would have taken them a fair while. So to do that in 17-inch formats. Pure the, water torture. I've got to, oh. Which actually, it's, it's actually interesting because I was at the Honda F1 factory kind of earlier this year and kind of looking at... Name dropper? No, no. It's, well, <laughs> yeah. well, the, the one you're thinking of buying. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, I wish. And they were, um, uh, and they make uprights and things like that out of right. solid blocks of steel or aluminium and yeah, and do the do it the same yeah, way. Exactly, yeah. exactly the same. It's very clever technology. So it was quite interesting. It was quite interesting when it was all bought out and everyone was saying, "Well, how did they do it?" And then I'm thinking, "I don't know how they do it. They stick in a three-axis kind of automatic water-driven kind of big." <laughs> lovingly created and instantly destroyed. Indeed, as happens a lot. And while you're talking about your iPhone. Apple have been sued over the iPhone web browser. Um, small US firm has a uh, reckon that Apple has allegedly infringed on a patent that they hold covering the web browsing technology. EMG Technology filed suit at the US District Court in Tyler, Texas, over Apple's use of a system that shrinks pages to fit smaller screens, which it says infringes US patent seven million. 441,196 that was awarded to EMG on the 21st of October. It doesn't say what year. Beautifully read, JP. There you go. And I'll tell you, they won't be the only people to be sued because Philips is going to get sued in Australia because they've been surreptitiously dumping consumer products on the market. Did you know that? No. Well, I'll tell you, they have been. And they've been dumping their stock. In fact, Philips in the last few days have gone, look, we're out of here. Like GMAC Finance and GE Capital. Gone. Leaving the car dealers in a mess. But what's worse is that the people that have been buying them up have not been passing the deals on to the customers. So they've been rotting people selling them dubious quality products, because Philips has been hopeless with marketing anyway, with with warranty that won't be uh, aligned. And in fact, John, that's another one of our clients. Syntec. The people that bring Sennheiser into the yes. country, in fact, customers of yours, have been caught by them as well and have not a very good word to say about them. So you better be about careful. Sennheiser? The Sennheiser. That's I'm right. just getting Sen- a new sign made up for them. Today. My Sennheiser earbuds are yeah. really Sennheiser. nice, thank you well, very much. Are they are. as good as the new Apple in-ear earphones? No, well, I actually managed to lose a set of headphones, so I had to buy some in, in an airport. In have Rome. you got the in-ear earphones? The in-ear earphones, yeah. no. The new ones with the, the new, new one. I know the new ones. Have you got them yet? Yeah. No. Well, you haven't got them. You don't know about your firmware upgrades. What exactly. kind of a dealer are you? I'm busy dealer. I haven't got time <laughs> to read all this crap that you are. It's one around the way. The, creating websites. I'm sure you've got the V8 At exorbitant prices. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. You need to put one of those aside. Do me. I? For what? you. Mm. Right, what? okay. What, what are you putting aside? The V8 supercar game. Oh, right, okay. Is that all right with you? Oh, all right with me. It's about time. It's about time that. Is it, have you played it? Is there any good on that? Mate, I don't play games. Well, you should. Well, he hasn't got time to find out about upgrades. Why would he have time to play games? So you're the most over-organised person in the world, and you get time to play games. I don't know I how don't that works. Get time to play games. In fact, <laughs> International is so organised that this oh, afternoon oh, at quarter to six, oh, there was a message oh, on my phone which said, "Were, were here. here," and I went, "What's that mean? Were here?" Were he? I mean, man, thought we're here. He just spelled it wrong, but then he wasn't here at all. He wasn't. Then he no. rang a little bit later to go for him and go, say, "Where is he then?" He's at the Stag Hotel, where we're going for a lovely steak after this 
interesting show. And, well, and I wing. thought the show was go... done at the pub. Well, what? And I was going to bring the wings to the pub as Why well. Why did you the wings? I didn't say you never listen. <laughs> so whilst you actually meant to say we're here, yeah. were here was actually more appropriate. It was. Because, <laughs> because you were more. there. <laughs> and now you're here. And then you can go there. Anyway, yeah. Mr. Rudd is not taking any shit from South Australia. Is that right? Because, but he is. He's given us plenty, though. Well, I tell you, Internode <laughs> has said, you can go and get stuffed, because yep. we refuse, point blank, to get involved with this internet filtering program. Yes. And add a gutful of that. IINET said, why would you? Optus said, look, they, we might even do a little bit. And, and Telstra went, well, it's all too hard to answer that. We're having a, a meeting. That's right. So... Mr. When, is, when is it now? I know. I know. This is a tirade I jump onto every time I'm on the show. But when the hell is this country going to get its shit together and build a decent internet backbone? I know we have challenges. The fact we've got 20 million people spread over an enormous stretch stretch of landmass. But seriously, we are so far behind the times. It's it's all political. Yeah, it is going like to be, air it conditioning. Is going, it is going to seriously cost this country. Massively on the international stage. Massively, if we if we keep going at the current rate. Massive. Seriously. But so there is. A- we're upstage, Baz Luhrmann. You go to Japan. At, you go to Japan at the moment, and like checking checking the hotel. When did you go to Japan? It's, I didn't, but someone I know did. 20, 20 megabit a second up and down instantly from a shitty old hotel connection. A shitty old hotel. So it's what you stand, think of Japan. Just a standard, just a standard hotel. You I go mean, to, what have they done to you? Nothing. And you haven't even been there. I think they pulled the pin on my Formula 1 team. Absolutely nothing. There you go. Well, there. See if we're back to motor racing. <laughs> way go. it always goes. What do you reckon, Ash, about this whole broadband thing? Well, because even IBM people have to have broadband. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you broadband. Okay, politicians out techies in, and that's the only way you're going to solve it. Right? You're right. Because the politicians you know, don't. The, the politicians don't know. They're not. No, I mean, I'd like to. St- I would like to start some sort of vote or a website or something, so we don't call him Mr. Rudd anymore. We just call him Crud. Okay, because that's what I've called Crud. him for the last year. Yep. Crud. Why the hell? Now I've been out. Of, I've been out of the country for seven years, so it's a little hard to. It's I'm out of the out of the loop. But why did everybody vote out little Johnny in the first place? Kind of thing. Like he he ran the place at a profit, which is which is a smart thing to do because I can't I can't get over how a lot of countries around the world. Can go into deficit year on year on year on year on year and expect to be expect to prosper. Like you ran the John of the profit, everything's rolling along nicely. It's just the fact that everyone thought, ah, oh, well, it's you know, time for a change. Time for a change. Yeah, it's time well, for a change. Yeah. Time and that's change. what they sold it all on. Absolutely. Mind you, There's no reason for the change. But we don't want to go around the room and ask who voted. We for don't. Him, but you oh. probably find there wasn't very many who did. I bloody didn't. I voted for Johnny. I didn't vote for Johnny. Yeah. Uh, I didn't quite vote for Rudd. Happy to. Uh, <coughs> I voted for Johnny. Yeah. So well, there you go. go. There's you maybe know. the Rudd Howard thing's a bit like, you know, Gore and Bush. Maybe the votes weren't counted correctly, or maybe there was some you know, funny things happening. I don't know. Just... <laughs> Could have happened. If you'd watched the documentary uh, at the on SBS or ABC over the last four weeks, the Howard years, oh, yes. that would have uh, given you a very interesting ABC. insight mm. into it. And really, they should have let Costello get it, have a go, and that. That really is the... That was the crux of the problem. They needed a fresh face. But let's not get on to that. We don't want to be political. No, he's political. We want to be motor racing. Any any more tech on? Any more tech on? There is more tech. We've got to wrap it up. I think we've had enough tech, haven't we? No, we've got to wrap it up. Because it's time for dinner. What am I getting? Okay. 
Has has the iPhone been tested for for impact? Impact. Yeah, impact. As in dropping it. Yeah. I yeah. Left, uh, yeah. Left, left my dose pod slash HTC slash iMac slash on top of my car the other day and drove off at eighty k's and found that it doesn't bounce. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I've it's seen uh, if, if you watch um, one of my favourite podcasts, Techzilla. Did you see that bloke from Ireland? And listen to the show. He, he, he constantly kind of grabs his iPod and bang, 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 bangs it on the desk and it still... Still functions. Still lives. Solid In state. fact, my iPod um, came out of the little um, saddle thing I have on my bike the other day when I went straight out for the handlebars at 20Ks and it bounced and still lived. Wow. Okay, there cool. My, knee, my seven stitches in my knee is testament to the fact that I need it. Yes. I was wondering about Try you. not yeah. to yeah. fall off your bike again mm-hmm. this oh, week. Well, it was either that or wild yeah. sex. Okay, it's the bike. Because you're no, going to no, have to make it to Christmas. Now, Jen, in Australia, you've, you've had a Christmas here a few times before, but, like, it's you know, we, we're going away from these hot lunches. and We are. We're it's just too much anymore. And I know you're not much of a seafood person, Paul, but this is not specifically aimed at you. But, you know, we have to reassess what Christmas dinner is all about. And really, it's about having fun and not making too much work for mum. And, you know, and not filling up too much. So here's my suggestion um, about what we don't want Christmas to be. We don't want it to be heavy and hot, a drag for mum, a drag for the rest of the family, stressful unhappy, gloomy, and something to be avoided. What we want is something to be fun. And I've got some food ideas for you all for Christmas. If you're listening out there... Chicken wings? No chicken wings, because that's hot. We're sticking to cool stuff. And, of course, the first thing in the morning, start off with a lovely glass of champagne or an ice-cold beer and a half a dozen oysters. What about sparkling burgundy? Well, you... If you must have a sparkling burger, you have a sparkling burger. But I would suggest you probably have that prior, early in the morning when you have your bacon buddy. Well, that's right. You've got to have your bacon. But, but we're talking about lunch. Oh, well, so I'm just, you just didn't saying, say we'd move to lunch. You said first thing in the day. This is the lunch. Start right, off okay. with an entree, with uh, the Fine. entree with champagne a bit. And I'm thinking half a dozen oysters. You don't want too right. many. With a bit of a twist of lime. Just au natch, and that will be very good. You don't want people filling up too quickly. Now... Then move on, perhaps some soup, which I think is served beautifully with a crisp rosé. And, uh, you know, gazpacho is nice, but this is a bit of a, a variation on the theme. And since cucumbers, Lebanese cucumbers, are extremely cheap this, to- this uh, time, time of year. year, I thought, and this is a dish that doesn't require any cooking, how about dill cucumber soup with fresh prawns? I mean, all you've got to get is get some shallots, cucumbers and dill in a food, food processor, like blend it up till it's all nice and fine, and chuck some prawns and salt, pepper and dill sprigs into it and put a bit block of ice and off you go. It's beautiful. Zingy. Zingy is absolute. Now have a little break before you get on to lunch. But of course this requires plenty of wine. But remember that the red might give you a bit of a snooze and if you've got to do it at mum's and then you've got to go somewhere else for dinner, well I'd stick to the white. It'll give you a bit more of a jump about. And I'm thinking <laughs> Now the Chinese don't the Chinese don't don't uh, celebrate Christmas, no, they don't. which means that you can always go out to a Chinese restaurant for Christmas if you can't be bothered, but more so, you can always go and get some of that really good crispy duck from the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. So, a nice roast duck salad could be good, Thai style, with uh, a bit of Spanish onion, some cherry tomatoes, coriander and basil, for the Americans. Uh, dressed with a bit of fish sauce and some of the lemon, ginger, chilli and some of those lovely glass noodles and just spoon it all together 
I reckon that's just what you need. Great, because I've missed the first two courses. I found it. No, but I thought you'd like that one. But so the Chinese shop uh, is is always the place where you'll get that sort of stuff and make sure you have plenty of wine like that. Now, a dessert, keep it nice and simple, which obviously has to go with a sticky, an Australian dessert wine, or as they say, a Botrytis, JP. Botrytis, that's right. Botrytis is the... uh, Botrytis affected. It's a fungus that uh, affects the, uh, the grapes when the temperatures plunge too low and there's too much humidity. Fresh mangoes, raspberries, strawberries with lime and orange juice, and a splash of Grand Morgan or a, or a vodka and a dollop of cream or some. Well, you some can actually do a ice very cream nice dessert. Talking about Grand Marnier, with uh, Grand Marnier and slices of orange. Get your orange and cut it across, so not not in the segments, but actually cut it across the segments and just layer that in a in a bowl. Splash some grand money out and a little bit of fresh cream. It's beautiful. If this, a, if this was a video podcast, it'd be a lot more handy because you'd see all your hand movements Absolutely. that you were just throwing into. <laughs> that's right. And of course, once that's all done, you'll still have a little bit of room for a nice uh, cheese platter. You know, good old Aussie brie, some cheddar, blue bit of fruit bread, if you have to, some nuts, muscatels, and of course for you, old bitey, because you love your old bitey, and of course perhaps a bit of a trolley with cognac on it comes comes whisking past after that. There's a bit of a lie down, and that's off to Auntie Nana's. Auntie Nana's. Auntie Nana's. Aunties or Nana's? Nana's or Auntie. (laughs) For dinner. (laughs) There you go. And and on that note, we've got a whisk off for a uh, steak au vu. Back to uh, your old haunt. Back to my old haunt. Back to... We're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> we've already checked. Yeah, we've already we've already checked the menu. Well, thanks for stopping in, Jen, and uh, munching on some wings. I'm glad you enjoyed those, as promised. Well done, Johnny. Delicious. International. Johnny, Johnny, uh, uh, Johnny, JP. Congratulations. It's been an absolute pleasure, John. Congratulations on the wing, and congratulations on 100 episodes of Radio Hot Lake. Thank you very Thank much, you very Paul. Much. And, uh, very nice it wasn't so as painful as we thought. No, it wasn't. That was good. In fact, it, it sort of, it's really quite amazing when you look back on it. So I'll it come is. back for 200? Yeah. You're coming back for 101 because we're impressed that you, yeah. you've been good. You've got a word yeah. in edge. Yeah. We need to hear about Windows 7 and all that kind of new fangdangled stuff. Oh, uh, it might be episode 100. <laughs> 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 no, we'll go to Windows, yeah. Okay, we'll go episode 200 for that. Yeah. Thanks for listening to 100 episodes. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Merry Christmas, viewers. Ho, 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 but we'll probably talk to you. Uh, we're going to do another show before I go home. Oh, probably. Okay. Well, if you can fit it in, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? See you next week, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Well done.